Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. And if you don't know already, I'm Edward, and otherwise known as the Lightkeeper. I guess the Lightkeeper's my online persona. Anyway, uh, the other day, I was thinking back to my days in college, and during that time, I was trying uh, to learn how to not be shy. I was always kind of the shy nerdy kid. I am still probably a nerd, and I have successfully learned how to not be shy. I mean, shy people normally don't necessarily podcast and blog and all that other stuff, although they can. Uh, that's one of the nice things about this medium is you can do it, and you don't actually have to be peopling while you do it, which is kind of an added bonus. But thinking back to those days in college, one of the little tricks I used, I guess it really wasn't a trick, but it was an icebreaker uh, to break the ice with somebody that I didn't know that I wanted to talk to, especially, say, girls, uh, because being shy, it was, it was a uh, challenge for me to, to engage and start a conversation. So I would carry a Pez dispenser with me. And if you don't know what Pez is, Pez is a little candy that comes in these cool dispensers when you lift the top out kind of pops the candy that you can grab and they come in all sorts of different styles of Pez dispensers you know they're all over the board uh, I was a big fan of Scooby-Doo still am one of my nicknames is Shaggy so of course a Scooby-Doo Pez dispenser was something that I kind of kept at the ready so on top of that one of my favorite movies um, is Stand By Me, and there's a line in there where they were, the young uh, kids were sitting around, I think, a campfire, and talking about, you know, if they could only have one food for the rest of their, rest of their lives, what would it be? And the character Vern says, well, that's easy. Pez, cherry-flavored Pez, no question about it. So Pez is something that's been around for years and is still around. I hope that most of you know what Pez is. Um, if not, I guess let Google be your guide. But the thought on Pez turned my mind over to the wonderful world of kink. And we don't have Pez dispensers in the world of kink and BDSM, but there's a very unflattering term that's kind of related, or not related, it's, it's not candy and it's not yummy, uh, but it does involve the word dispenser, and that is kink dispenser. Now, this term is something that is typically used towards submissives, although you could label a dominant with it as well, um, but is primarily used um, to describe submissives. And what a kink dispensing person is, um, like I said, is typically a submissive, and they are an individual who is looking for play partners who will simply give them an outlet um, for their kinks and their fetishes, and the kink dispenser has no consideration um, for their partner's needs or requests or wants. Um, they are strictly looking to get their kink on, and that is it. They're not really about being somebody's partner. Um, they're simply there to fulfill their kinks. Um, a couple of examples of uh, a kink dispensing person is the, for example, submissive who wants to be tied up and spanked. And their dominant is, say, at work. 
um, and their dominant comes home from work. Their dominant has had a horrible day, an absolute dumpster fire of a day, which happens to all of us. And they come home to find their submissive, um, for example, having maybe self-tied themselves um, to the bed or a spanking bench um, and waiting to get what they want, which is a spanking. They haven't checked in with their dominant to see how their day was going. Um, in fact, they really don't care how the dominant's day was going. They want uh, what they want, and they want it now. Now, that, just as a little disclaimer here, uh, we all can try to be romantic or do something sexy, and something like that, I'm not talking about an attempt where a uh, submissive is trying to do something um, sex sexy or enticing for their dominant and just fail to consider how their dominance day was. That's that's not where I'm going with this at all. This is somebody who strictly, they don't care. Um, they want what they want. Um, another kind of example where, where you see this, and this is sort of more of a red flag, um, but it's something that as a dominant, I see fairly often, unfortunately, and it's somebody who initiates a conversation with you as a dominant. And one of the first things that they are interested in sharing with you or talking about is their their BDSM checklist, what they want, what they're into, because that's really what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody to give them what they want um, without them reciprocating. Uh, now, thinking uh, more about this, I, I tried to think through some of the, the root causes um, for, for people who behave like that. Um, and sadly, more and more in the world, we're seeing, rather than actual relationships, we're kind of seeing transactional relationships where it's, um, even in the vanilla world, where the relationship is based on, you know, transactions, sort of almost you know, like almost going on Amazon and clicking and deciding what you're going to buy or going to the store and and buying whatever it is you need. And sometimes, sadly now, relationships are more transactional um, in that it doesn't necessarily matter how people click as a person. It's all about how they can fulfill each other's needs. It's all about the transactions rather than the relationship. And another thing that um, I am sure is part of all of this leading to, you know, the, the kink dispenser phenomenon is the, the culture that we live in. Um, you know, it's a combination, a little bit of that, the Internet coming to, into play, which leads to instant gratification. I mean, you need something from Amazon, click. And if you click early enough in the day where I am, um, by the end of the day, it'll be on my porch. So. It's that instant gratification, that, that gimme, gimme, gimme world that we live in. I want it and I want it now. You know, I don't want to wait two weeks because it's out of stock. Um, and in a way that is boiled over into kink. You know, give me what I want now. I don't care that you've had a bad day. I want what I want and I want it now. Um, and of course, we can uh, blame Canada. Oh, wait, no, that's South Park, the movie. Uh, we're not blaming Canada at all, um, but we can blame some of the commercialization out there. And by commercialization, I don't mean that what I talked about with instant gratification a second ago, uh, but how the lifestyle has been commercialized, how it's portrayed in movies. Um, as much as I love the movie, The Secretary, um, 
you know, James Spader's character, the original Mr. Gray, um, he doesn't ever talk about consent or what he wants. He just, when he wants something from his secretary, he, BDSM-wise, he just takes it. Um, and that image um, gets kind of transferred people who are newer to the lifestyle think, oh, well, <clears throat> that's how it works in TVs and movies, so that's how it must work in real life. And sadly, that isn't how it is, um, which kind of couples next, you know, nicely with the next one, which is a lack of education and a lack of understanding. Um, have those people who have watched, you know, Fifty Shades or The Secretary with the original Mr. Gray, um, and then come to the lifestyle and not done any more homework, they are going to be undereducated about the lifestyle and have all these misconceptions and myths about the lifestyle. And that also leads to the kink dispensing phenomenon. So those are some of the, the reasons that I think it's out there. And sadly, it's growing. It's not something that is, I don't feel, losing losing popularity at all, unfortunately. So that's, that's why I wanted to talk about it, because it's something that... Um, I'm seeing more and more of, so I thought it's something that we, we should talk about because we often talk about bad dominance and what bad dominance are and the mistakes dominance make. Um, but we also need to we need to shine a light on on some of the some of the things from the other side of the slash because it isn't all just a world of uh, fake dominance or or selfish dominance or narcissistic dominance that are, are issues in the lifestyle. Um, so we needed to we needed to chat about this. Um, so unfortunately, the kink dispenser mentality um, can actually kind of um, do do some harm to dominance, um, especially on the mentally. I mean, there's not what we're talking about is not physically abusive or anything crazy like that. But uh, many dominance. And, and I truly believe that the vast majority of dominants out there are actually looking for actual relationships rather than, you know, a playship or a friends with benefit arrangement, that sort of thing. And the transactional nature of kink dispensers, um, can you couple that with a dominant who is looking for a relationship, is trying to uh, show the submissive uh, you know, that they're a good dominant and, and they care about the submissive's needs um, can easily get, unfortunately, sucked into a, um, a kink dispenser's world. And while they're trying to build a relationship, um, all their all their energies are being thrust into just meeting the needs of the submissive, which meeting needs is something we all need to do with all of our partners. but in this case, there's no return. It's just give, 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 and give. Um, and that, of course, can lead to um, some emotional emotional harm for dominance. Uh, it can hurt them, you know, becoming emotionally attached to their next partner, um, can kind of cause some emotional detachment um, from their, their family and friends. Uh, it can lead to them feeling like they're an object. Um, this especially, I think, would be true of those who um, are professional dominants, uh, mostly uh, dominatrixes. But 
in those types of relationships, even if it is a professional pay-to-play arrangement, um, those types of relationships or interactions would definitely lead to someone feeling objectified. Um, and if you're in or trying to build an actual normal relationship, it's going to erode any emotional intimacy that was there beforehand or that you're trying to build and create, which doesn't allow for the creation of a healthy lifestyle dynamic. So on top of that, um, it really is a violation of trust if you get right down to the to the uh, crux of the matter, um, because the kink dispenser mentality really violates several of the fundamental principles out there of lifestyle relationships. Uh, they are not giving trust to receive trust. Uh, they will have no problems breaking a boundary, breaching consent to get what they want. Um, it is very much a very selfish yet kinky individual. And of course, with all of that said, obviously it's going to um, it's going to undermine any chance of there being a true power dynamic. Um, oftentimes in uh, times with a kink dispenser, the power dynamic only exists when uh, the submissive, the dispenser, is getting what they want. And if the submissive is not getting exactly what they want when they want it, uh, they are going to withhold the power exchange. So you don't have a healthy BDSM dynamic, which sadly, of course, um, impacts the dominance. Uh, like I said, it causes an emotional detachment. Uh, and what's sad is that detachment is going to impact more than likely their friends and their family. They are going to want to, you know, pull back. They are in the midst of a bad and unhealthy relationship. Um, even after they were to end the relationship or escape the relationship, it's it's going to take its toll and that, that emotional detachment is is sadly going to hang around um, and, and be there and do some damage. And then, of course, on top of that, afterwards, there's the feelings of being betrayed, of uh, of having been disrespected, which of course impacts one's self confidence, one's self worth, um, and really, you know, it leads to more emotional distress. And when you pile all that together, it's going to take that dominant a while to heal in order to be whole or potentially for their next their next partnership um, and in fact it could make it harder on their next partner who might be just the absolute most amazing person um, because of the damage that's been done we are all kind of the the sum of our experiences are good and bad and when we have experiences that that do a little damage um, it makes us different for the next time we we try and work towards a relationship. Um, and finally, it also hurts with dominance um, kind of fulfilling their responsibilities next time in their next partnership. Um, they're 
that experience will tend to leave dominance wanting to Oh, I dislike saying this, but this is the words that are coming to mind. The submissive, the next submissive is going to have to, in a way, be more willing to show that they are truly submissive rather than um, being submissive in order to return or to get what they what they want from the dominant. Um, in other words, the, the phrase I dislike is proving one's submission or proving one's dominance. I, I don't. I just have always not cared for the idea of having to prove uh, oneself by somehow acts going above and beyond rather than just being who you are and letting your words and, more importantly, your actions show who you are. Um, but the King to Spencer can obviously um, cause issues where that could be, could be a problem. Uh, and... Contrary to popular beliefs, um, dominants do have self-esteem issues. I know that many, especially in the online world um, of the especially men who identify as dominant, uh, will also tell you, oh, no, they have no self-esteem issues. They are the supreme beings of self-confidence. And look, that's a load of crap. And if a dominant has run into the king dispenser, it is going to damage their self-esteem. It Well, it is not necessarily going to, but it has a high likelihood of damaging their self-esteem. And when that happens, um, it can take, I don't know, sort of like Harry Potter, the character that was the demon that was the soul sucker. Um, the king dispenser can be, kind of be the enjoyment sucker if you will, from the lifestyle. They can suck the fun out of the lifestyle for a dominant, which can cause them to question whether uh, DS or BDSM, the whole lifestyle, is something that they that they want to pers continue to pursue. Um, they may need to step away and step back um, because of it. And the sad thing is a healthy lifestyle relationship should be something that brings joy. It brings satisfaction to everybody involved, no matter their roles. And one of the things about kink dispensers is they suck the joy and suck the satisfaction and suck the fun out of it um, because they are so focused on what they want and getting what they want rather than being a partner. So obviously, if a dominant has a longer term relationship with a kink dispenser, it is going to really erode the relationship. And unless both sides are really willing to work and put in the time, it's not going to be able to maintain any sense of health and the connection is going to erode and that relationship is not going to be sustainable. And often you will see kink dispensers. Um, I kind of like to equate this to, um, for me, it was those cool kids because I was not one of the cool kids that started dating in junior high. Um, but even in, even you kind of saw it in, in high school, um, but you would have uh, where a 
person would date in a circle of friends sort of thing. Um, and what I mean by that is they would break up with one friend and then a few weeks later they'd be dating the next friend and, and so on as they would go through the uh, the the click of friendship as it, as far as dating. And you do you see these kink dispensers in the in the real world. Do you see them in the um, you know, the in-person community and in my mind, it flashes back to the uh, that era of dating and you see a submissive kind of go from dom to dom to dom to dom to dom, you know, keep rotating doms within a, um, within a friendship circle. And then when that circle of doms has run out, <clears throat> then they're, they're moving on to another circle where they'll, they'll, they'll keep going, you know, around and around in the circles. And, it's always it always befuddled me, and when I was younger and I would see this, I could never understand what was really going on, why this was happening, and why I was seeing the flashbacks to high school. But now that I am older and have a more I don't know discerning eye, I guess we'll call it, um, and understand the 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 kink dispenser mentality. That is something now that I look at and go, oh, that's what's going on. They would go from dom to dom to dom, seeking what they want. When they exhausted the first dom, then they'd move on to dom two to dom three. Um, so now that I'm older, well, I'm not saying that is the reason for all of that, but it definitely is a reason for a lot of that. So kink dispensers are just the submissive soul suckers, if you will. I wish I could remember that Harry Potter's um, character name, Dementor, maybe, that would suck your soul and, and I guess potentially kill you. Um, but perhaps I am perhaps I am wrong there. Um, and in fact, I'm, I'm sure I am. So if you are into Harry Potter, let me know what the, the evil creature is that would, that would suck up soul. Um, so... How do we recognize somebody in the lifestyle or even on the fringes of it that has a kink dispenser mentality? Um, there are several red flags, things to watch out for, uh, which some of these are probably not going to be surprising to you, um, but we'll talk about them. And it's important to realize, even if you are not one or don't want to be one, um, it's important to look at these because they can be red flags, especially to dominance, uh, especially to dominance that have more experience in the lifestyle. And so even if you are not a kink dispenser, and I don't and I'm, don't think any of you listening are kink dispensers, but just to make sure that your behavior doesn't trigger one of these warnings to a potential dominant, um, or if you're dominant, you don't, you know, trigger these in a, in a, in a submissive. Um, first of all, it's the, the transactional approach to a relationship. We, we see it, we see it all around us. Our vanilla friends engage in them, our, um, you know, coworkers engage in them. It's that, you know, if I'm getting this from them, I'll give them that. It's all about what each other is getting from the other partner or partners. It's not an actual true connection where they're invested wholly and completely, uh, in my opinion, as, as one should when they're with a partner. It's all about, if you will give me this, I'll give you that. Um, another area is good old-fashioned communication. 
um, pink dispensers typically will avoid to have those deep heart-to-heart meaningful conversations about desires, limits, expectations. Um, they might be willing to talk about what they desire, what where their limits are, and what they expect, but they really don't want to have an open discussion on it because they don't care about the other half. They're solely focused on themselves, and that sole focus is very much on the physical fun, if you will, the physical icing on the BDSM layer cake. Um, they want their fun, and that's where they're going to be be focused. Um, and just as for a submissive, it's a red flag when all a dominant wants to talk about is uh, the physical aspects or the physical fun of BDSM. It it is for for a dominant looking um, and getting to know a submissive. Um, another potential red flag is that the that the kink dispensers are likely um, to potentially violate a dominant's consent um, because they're out to get what they want. Um, they will go after what they want. And remember, dominants are people too. And it might be surprising, but many dominants who are men have limits, they have boundaries, or they've had a bad experience or something has happened to them where they might have a boundary or a limit um, that is surprising or that is unique. And it's especially more and more common as men are more able and open to talk about their past experiences, their past traumas. Um, so the pink dispenser is once again out for themselves so violating crossing that boundary to get what they want they'll do it um so of course that is whatever your role in the lifestyle anybody who violates consent or a boundary um huge huge red flag another area um once again with these kink dispensers are known for is the rapid escalation of things they will push for relationship now relationship now i am so ready for a relationship let's let's just let's just rush through the get to know me process because the kink dispenser wants to get to the kinks they want to get to the kinks they want what they want and so you rush the relationship building process and jump into the relationship to get to the yummy goodness um, sort of like the Tootsie Pop, biting right through to get to the yummy Tootsie Roll Center. Um, and unfortunately, once you get to that Tootsie Roll Center and you chew it all up, all that's left is the um, very untasty piece of um, cardboard that was holding the Tootsie Pop to begin with, which is not going to make any relationship last. Another thing that King Dispensers... Um, do, and even though many identify as submissives, uh, they are more than willing um, to unilater unilaterally make choices and decisions. Uh, re any healthy relationship requires mutual decision-making. Even a healthy power exchange BDSM relationship still requires a mutual decision-making process. Uh, but the 
kink dispenser, even though they're identifying as submissive, they have no problem making choices um, because they're making the choices that are going to result in them getting what they want rather than engaging in a, um, you know, a mutual discussion about choices and how to move things forward. And once again, one of the stigmas or one of the misconceptions about the lifestyle is that dominants don't need aftercare. Uh, that is not true. Dominants at times will need aftercare. Um, for example, if a dominant pushed out of their comfort zone and did something that um, was mentally draining for them, um, they will need aftercare. But the kink dispenser, that aftercare, that's focused on them. You know, if there's aftercare involved, it better be all about them. They are not going to care how the dominant feels after a scene because the, the dispenser has gotten what they wanted. And if there's any aftercare to be given, it better be given to them. So you're not going to see aftercare from a kink dispenser. And when you're having those get to know you conversations, they're not going to be too keen on aftercare um, going to their partner. And they're not going to want to talk about it. Um, another area that we have is since the kink dispenser is very focused, hyper-focused on themselves, they're not going to be flexible. They are going to be very rigid because, once again, they have a defined goal or defined goals and things that they want. So they are not going to be willing to say, meet their partner halfway if, you know, I'll do this, but I would like this back. There's no give. There's no take. It's all very inflexible and very rigid. And the kink dispensers, we talked about how they emotionally can, can hurt and damage a dominant. Um, they don't attach emotionally. They're very emotionally detached. Now, some of that will be acting. They will act emotionally vested in in their or in a dominant or prospective dominant um, to kind of bamboozle their way in. But really, they're not going to want to engage in any real conversations or concern for their partner's emotional well-being. Uh, it's, they're, ex they're here in the world of, of BDSM simply to fulfill their own fantasies. So there isn't going to be an emotional attachment as they dive into their fantasy fulfillment. And another area that is a red flag, and the, and the final one I have for you today on, on kink dispensers, is they will often put an enormous amount of pressure on a dominant for them to perform those things that they enjoy, those things that they want, those fantasies that they want to bring to life, um, they will just, however they can ratchet up the pressure or turn the heat up to get the pot to boil, they will, they will do that. They will put all sorts of pressure on the dominant um, to perform. And of course, that leads to the dominant putting more pressure on themselves and 
when it all boils over, you're left with a dominant who might have some performance anxiety after it, which is a blow to their self-confidence. And, and so it's, it's a really awkward and horrible spiral for a dominant to find themselves um, with somebody who is a kink dispenser, especially when the dominant is actually looking for a true relationship rather than just uh, just some playtime. And it always amazes me that many of the, the folks that are, are kink dispensers out there, there are so many people who are on the dominant side of of life or perhaps they are tops. They enjoy playing the dominant role in playtime, but they really don't want anything to do with the lifestyle outside of play. That would be an ideal fit, if you will, for for a kink dispenser, you know, get together with with their their kinky friend with benefits and they get their their needs met and the kinky friend gets to do their thing and and there's no emotional attachment and everyone goes their own way. Uh, but for some reason, uh, these kink dispensers seem to want to prey upon those who are dominant, truly looking for a relationship. And gosh darn it, many of them are, are good people. And yeah, so it it is a kind of a sucky situation that, that um, can leave an emotional mark after the fact. So. That is why I really wanted to to chat about this briefly is because it is something to be aware of. And submissives, when you are making friends in the lifestyle, it's important to recognize with other submissives, whether they are truly submissives or they are they kind of playing the world or the role of, of a kink dispenser. They are looking to get what they want. And they can be nice people. They just, ah, yeah, they just have a little bit of beyond selfishness. I, I don't know if it would be the submissive version of a narcissist or not. Um, very well, very well kind of could be. That thought just, just occurred to me as I was talking out loud. So uh, if you disagree, I would love to hear that or hear how you think that that might be the case. Um, but that's that's the topic I wanted to chat about today because we do spend so much time talking about dominance and what makes a good dominant and what what makes a dominant a twat waffle and all these red flags for dominance that we don't talk about uh, the phenomenon of the kink dispenser and sadly it's something that is growing is happening more and more and more often. So it was something that I felt we should talk about and uh, bring to everyone's attention so we could all be aware of people out there and realize that um, there are some submissives out there who um, are basically using submission to get what they want, and they are people to be avoided. So with that said, I hope that everyone who is listening in the great, wonderful United States, had a wonderful Thanksgiving last week, and that no matter where you are, your holiday season is off to a joyful start, and that as it continues, it stays absolutely wonderful, and 
if you are a fan of snow, as I am, the snow continues. It is still snowing here. Not enough to cause driving nightmares yet, but enough to start turning the grass a little, a little white. It sort of looks like my yard has a bit of dandruff, um, but I'm hoping that there's more and more of that. Although it doesn't look like it's going to be that way with the way the long range winter forecasts are. But hopefully when I chat with you next week, I will also be able to chat with you about my first time on skis this year. I'm hopeful. Fingers are crossed. So on that note, I will say goodbye. Wish everyone a fabulous week. I look forward to chatting with you again next week. And wherever you're listening, please don't forget to click the follow button because that way you'll never miss an episode. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts and your feedback. And I will chat with you soon. 